Hello. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Travel Unpacked, a podcast brought to you by Colette, where we swap stories, answer popular questions, and unpack the interesting, fun, and curious aspects of the travel industry. This episode, we'll be discussing far-off places and bucket list destinations, where we've been, I think where we want to go. We have a special guest who will be joining us in the studio in a few minutes. Before we introduce her, I want to say it's great to be back together again, just the three of us. It's been a while since we've all been together. So hi, ladies. I've missed you guys. What have you been doing? I took a trip with my kids. Yeah, I think we've all been traveling. I mean, summer is in full swing. And Nicole, you were just featured in the last episode with your dad uh, talking about the Maritimes. And there's so much that I want to pack with you on that. I mean, you know that I am a huge lover of Anna Green Gables. Maybe not as much as you, but I was living through your social posts. Absolutely love Anna Green Gables. I'm someone who I love the books, of course, and Lucy Maud Montgomery. I absolutely love the 85, the 1985 version that has Megan Follows and Jonathan Crombie, Colleen Dewhurst. So I'm, I've seen the other versions and they're, they're nice, but I absolutely love that Anna Green Gables. And I will watch that probably once every couple of years. It's like a six hour between Anna Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea. It's like six hours of programming and I just love it to death. It's so, so great to go. It's not my first time going. I had been, I think in 1998 and then again in the early 2000s. So this is my first time in about 20 years going to where Lucy Maud Montgomery, we saw her birthplace, we saw Green Gables, and I was able to go and see my children experience uh, the beauty. It was a lot of fun. Did you prep them by making them watch all six hours of the movies? No, but I think I will now that they're like, who is Anne? What is Green Gables? So I'll, I'll have them watch it. it. It seemed kind of long for their ages. My oldest is only 10 and my youngest is five. So I didn't have them watch it just yet. And I have all boys. So I didn't know for sure that they'd love it. Although my brother, my father, they love Anna Green Gables too. I think if you grow up watching these things, you do have a special place for it. I love that. And Kelsey, you were traveling too. I think you were just visiting Spain. What were you doing there? So product department has a process called ground reviews. And what we do is we will rent a car and we will ride a tour, a brand new tour, just to make sure that when it goes off for the first time, it goes off effortlessly and doesn't have any bumps in the road. So it was myself, the designer and the head tour manager who spent some time in Costa del Sol, where we went to the most charming and adorable little villages, uh, Antiquiera, Ronda, Malaga, Mijas. We ate a ton of food, I'm going to be honest. I came back four pounds heavier. It was completely worth it, though. Then we spent two nights in Madrid. It was fabulous. It was actually my uh, second time in Spain, but the first time I had just spent time in Barcelona, so I didn't really get to see the Costa del Sol region, which is definitely breathtaking. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I recommend everyone here to go. We will add it to our bucket list. Add it to your list. It's worth it. I promise. Ever since we've announced that tour, I've been just watching it develop and it's on my bucket list already. Absolutely. There's some really unique experiences that we have there. Again, we eat so much, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of eating, but it's one of my personal favorite things to do is eating. So I had some anchovies. Anchovies seem to be the theme of Anna and Sandra's trip. Everywhere we went, we had anchovies, which I had never had before. Not something that we're going to force you to do on the tour but they all forced me and gazpacho so I started a quest of finding the best gazpacho in Spain I had it four or five times and El Pimpe which is a restaurant that we go to on tour they won my award for the best gazpacho in Spain what did you give them a nod a golden spoon what's in a gazpacho so gazpacho is a cold soup and it has tomatoes cucumbers onion and olive oil in it and then you can top it with some yummy stuff like more tomatoes cucumbers onion 
avocado and croutons. Any anchovies? There were no anchovies in it, but it's the perfect hot weather meal. I love that. Well, when you ladies were outside of the country, I was traveling inside the country. So I went over to California with my husband for a little over a week. And we just did all the, the Hollywood stuff. He wanted to be a housewife. So we did all of that in Beverly Hills. And then we went up to Solvang. Have either of you been to Solvang or heard of Solvang? Yeah, I've yeah. heard of it. I haven't been. Oh, I love my friend lives right up there about a mile from the center of the town. It's like a Dutch town. There's so many bakeries. I mean, I ate my way through Solvang, had um, danishes, everything every morning. There's wineries. It is the cutest little town. It's about two hours outside of uh, Los Angeles, maybe about 40 minutes outside of Santa Barbara. So if you're ever there, you'll definitely feel like you are in Europe because it really does the Dutch architecture. It looks like you've stepped right into a European town. So we did that and then we came home. Again, another five, 10 pounds heavier because of all of the pastries that I ate. What was your favorite pastry? I don't even know the name of it, but it, it was the cream cheese with the strawberry Danish. It was just so good. And then they have the ones with the almond, the almond extract and the almonds on it. I mean, I could do the seat in it every single day, which I pretty much did while I was there. I just liked following your stories that you posted. Uh, I think you were in Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls and uh, just on these movie sets. I lived out there for three years and I think that never gets old. He wanted to do everything the Hollywood style. So he went to the school where 902 and was filmed and Buffy's house and the Charmed house. So those are just things that he wanted to do. So he went and we relived those like episodes with him. So that was exciting. I don't think I knew the Charmed house was, was there. Yeah, the Charmed house. It's actually in a little neighborhood in Los Angeles. It's, it's dubbed as one of the most Victorian home neighborhoods, which has like 30 different Victorian homes on that street. It was fantastic. So not only is the Charmed house there, but there are so many Victorian era homes and it's really a beautiful street to, to walk down. And that's right outside of Los Angeles. I do love that style of architecture. It's, it's so great. So again, we saw Victorian homes in Los Angeles, and then we saw some Dutch architecture up in Solvang. So it looks like all of us, you know, did a lot of traveling already, uh, you know, as summer has kicked off. Um, and many of our listeners know that we have guided tours all across Europe and North America. And we've touched upon a lot of those destinations, I think, really in all of our podcasts, you know, even today talking about the Maritime Spain, but we have a special guest on who really can share how our routes run deep across the world. We're joined today by Jacqueline Labacote, Colette's president and my sister. She's going to talk to us about some of the places she's been, what's on her bucket list, and just some of those more far-flung destinations that Josh just mentioned that she knows travelers should not be missing. So Jacqueline, hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Jacqueline's been on Colette Talks many times, so she's yeah. pretty used to this. Yeah, and talking about travel is never a bad thing, so. I think we, we just talked recently that you were in Ireland, in Northern Ireland. Is that true? I was in March. I was also in Finland in March. Amazing. Definitely a place that you travel in the winter months. So you got to be prepped for dressing in layers, snow gear, but all worth it. The Husky Safari, by far the most amazing experience. My husband rode and I sat and just took pictures and was just awestruck, honestly, of the, the scenery because it's all snow-capped trees and it, the landscape just goes on. It's kind of snowing in my face a little bit. My mascara might have come down a little, but again, all worth it. The reindeer safari, also super cool. Did that one at night, one of the nights that we were there. And it was just kind of romantic. You sit side by side with a blanket over you and then you go in 45 minute ride and then you get out and you have a little bit of a talk with a fire and in this little hut and learn a little bit of the history. Really neat. Don't expect a lot with food for sure when you're in Lapland it's a super remote location so it's not don't expect five-star meals I put that out there let's be honest just know before you go but you're not you're not going for the food you're going to be outside and do those experiences and then yeah Ireland and Northern Ireland I've been to Ireland
Ireland so many times. Um, so did Dublin. One of the coolest things that I did, we had choice on tour and I did the Windmill Lane recording studio. So there was a group of us that did this and it's a super famous recording studio in a neighborhood. It's been around since I think I want to say 1978, if I'm not mistaken, which is the best year. I'm just going to say it might be the year <laughs> I was born. But U2 has recorded there. ACDC has recorded there. The Cranberries have recorded there. So many amazing artists, known and unknown, have recorded in the studio, like huge albums. U2 recorded multiple albums in the studio. So it was, that was super fun. And we got to record um, Sweet Caroline. So we practiced that multiple times and they recorded us doing that. I'm not going to say it was beautiful because it's like 25 people trying to like be in tune together when does that drop when can we find that on spotify oh, i have it i have it yeah <laughs> it was really cool though because it, you really get to go through and understand how it all works and just picturing that we're standing where those artists had been is really incredible that was super cool and one of the things like when you go to ireland there's the touring and all that but to go to this recording studio is something i'd never done before very different and then going to northern ireland i mean obviously there's part of the uk and that's a very different dynamic being in Northern Ireland, but Belfast is amazing, super awesome food walking tour that I did. But in Belfast, when we arrived, we got so lucky with the weather too, especially for the time of year that it ended up being nice. But yeah, those are the two most recent places I had been. It's interesting too, because you were in Belfast and I was in Halifax and they both have a Titanic history. I We're both at Titanic museums and right around the time of the, the recent tragedy with the Titan submersible. I know when I was in Halifax, that was, everybody was talking about it because the area that we were in was part of the rescue search for that submersible. Yeah, that was terrible that happened there the titanic experience we did that i want to say the second to last night that we were there and during covid they did a massive multi-million dollar renovation or improvement i'll say to the titanic museum and the experience there it is well worth it even if you had been there before with what they have done and we would have had people that would, would have been there for hours if we didn't have to move along to get to, to a dinner it was incredible very interactive so it's really changed the whole piece but they they do such a great job and northern ireland's amazing and yeah, they have that history for sure. The Titanic, that is on my bucket list. Kelsey, yeah, that's my bucket list. Nicole knows that I am a little obsessed with Titanic. It took me a while to become obsessed with it. I watched the movie back in the day, didn't like it because it was back when I had to watch the VHS. And you have to like stop in the middle, put the next VHS in on a little TV. And then I went with uh, Nicole, her mom, and her aunt Shelly, and we went to the 100th anniversary 3D, and I became obsessed with the Titanic. And I researched everything. I got books. I mean, I knew everything in and out. So that's definitely on my bucket list to go and to experience that museum. Yeah, it's worth it. Northern Ireland's amazing. And I think when people travel, like we have both Ireland and we have it paired with Northern Ireland, but Ireland alone, I think it's worth doing both if you have the time and the money to be able to, to do the combo tour because it's just, it's amazing. And there's so much to see up there and just the conflict and the challenges that Northern Ireland has had over the years with, you know, not being part of Ireland and being part of the, just the history of all of it is very interesting. Did but you really do one of those political taxi drives? I didn't. What's the political taxi drive? In Belfast, there's taxi drivers who take you on a ride and talk through, they show you the murals that are all around the city, tell the story of just this, the tumultuous years. It's more of a story of rebuilding and perseverance um, through difficult times, but the murals tell a story. I'm sure you saw those throughout Belfast. And mm -hmm. the drivers who experienced the conflict firsthand are guiding on the experience mm -hmm. on our tour that visits Northern Ireland. I didn't have a chance to do it, but again, time constraints. The food walking tour was really good. I was the one thing I will say, actually, in Northern Ireland, one of the things they weren't known for at least a decade ago or less was their food. They've 
really invested in improving the food quality across like ev everywhere. So it actually, the food is much better than if people hadn't, haven't been for many, many years. Obviously you go for fish and chips. So you got to have that at least once a year in Ireland, but I would say that the uh, best plate of mussels that I have ever had was in Ireland. I think about that plate often. It was like almost milky. The sauce to it had like a milky texture to it. I don't remember what was in it, but I do still think about that plate. Yeah, you're right, Jacqueline. You're close to New England. That's shocking to hear. I know. People, you know, they think of us for Europe. They think of us for North America, but our roots really do run deep in the world with Africa, Asia, South America, South Pacific. And what I like to call these is kind of like those far off places or places that as Kelsey knows, we're on people's bucket list destinations. And I'd love for you to kind of just, you know, talk a little bit about that because it's really fascinating to see that we have been in Africa for you know, over three decades now. And it's really something that people are kind of shocked when they hear about. Yeah, it's, that's always interesting to me because when you travel for sure to Europe and to North America, there's, there's history there, right? But there's history in all of these other great destinations as well. The Africa's, Egypt, Morocco, you know, I've been to all of those places, Jordan. I was there and visited Petra in 2010. So even before I had children, great destinations. But when you go to these destinations, the best way honestly to go is to really go guided. And the reason I say that is because there is so much history. There is, I'll say probably a little bit more difficult or your level of comfort from getting from one place to another. You're not going to feel as comfortable per se renting a car and driving if you don't understand the language and what the signs may say, right? So there's that element of it, but there's just so much history, like I keep saying, in, in these places that I just think it's it's worth going guided and realize and recognizing that we have these great tour products that have great tour managers that come from these destinations. You get to hear what it was like for them growing up and ask questions. And some, I mean, I was in Costa Rica, gosh, I can't remember what year it was, but a couple years back and the tour guide, we were driving through one of the towns and he's like, that's two streets over there. That's where my family lives. Like that's where my family is. That's where I live. That's pretty neat. It starts a conversation with people about what are the schools like there and what, what are his kids do for sports? I mean, whatever it may be, but you know, I just think that Southeast Asia is one of the places I would love to go. I have not been there yet. I would love to do Cambodia. Vietnam, definitely super high on my bucket list. That, that's one of them. But again, great places that you go to that you'd really want someone walking you through in that concierge sort of style, but curated. Because we're designing our own tour products and we're not going through a third party to do it, we're also making sure that we create uniqueness and we integrate uniqueness into the tour itineraries that you're not going to get with other tour companies or if you're just doing sort of an independent travel. You get into places, whether it's local homes, certain visits, because you actually would go with a company like Colette. You're never going to get it if you're doing individual travel with just your family. And so there's so much value and benefit to visiting these destinations and realizing, you know, hey, I have someone who just said that they want to go to Egypt or who wants to go to Africa. Instead of getting the cookie cutter itinerary that everyone who individually is going is going to get, you know, go on the, the website or pick up the brochure for Colette and, and take a look because there's a lot of options. And I think there's so many options for everyone, depending on what people are looking for. Even for a more independent traveler who might think they'd want to go to those destinations and not go guided, I think it's important to know that there's there's still so much free time to do your own thing or make choices, have flexibility, so that you're not always with the group and you're not always doing those those included experiences. Although, to your point, having the convenience of, of somebody to tell you how you might want to use your free time based on what you like. These people live there. They know their area better than anyone. It's something that I think even a savvy traveler would love being able to get the inside story, get 
really up close to the action and have a local expert curating the whole experience for them, but then having that free time as well to kind of spin the trip their own way. One thing that we do at Colette that I know we do a really great job at are home-hosted meals. And when I was in Spain, we had met with the woman that does the home-hosted meal in Rhonda. And it's, it's such an interesting concept because when you're traveling on your own and you're going through cities, you're seeing these houses and apartments, and I'm sure you, you are all as nosy as I am. I want to see inside that house. I want to know how they live and what they do in the afternoon and what they're eating for dinner. We were able to experience that in Spain. And, and Jacqueline, you had just mentioned Asia. On my bucket list is Thailand. And we actually, in, in Chiang Mai, we have a home-hosted meal there. But it's not just a home-hosted meal. We're going to her house. She's walking us through the garden. We are prepping lunch together. We're learning to cook what they're cooking. And then we're sitting down and sharing that lunch together. So I think that's a big part of it too, of going guided is getting behind the scenes into places that you probably wouldn't be able to do so on your own. I definitely want to do the Thailand tour. Very oh. high on my bucket list. Yes. When you just said that, you just reminded me that is also, yeah, I would love to go to Thailand and to experience. Never been. It's up there with places I'd love to go. And I know that the team that designed that tour knows that region incredibly well. It's definitely unique and yeah, I'm with you on that one, Kelsey. Thailand is definitely, it's on my bucket list too. I was supposed to go to Vietnam for my honeymoon. And unfortunately, COVID happened right as the honeymoon was supposed to go Ugh, off. COVID um, strikes again. I know, COVID <laughs> strikes again. So we never did our honeymoon. But I think we'll probably maybe do like a five-year anniversary. And Thailand is definitely, that's, it's Thailand and Morocco are the two that are on the list for the honeymoon that we'll take at year five. Can we vote for you? Yeah, what's going to be the type? Like, how are you going to decide between the two? Well, usually I make the decisions. So no. <laughs> okay, listeners, <laughs> in your vote. Where should Josh go for that five years? Because yeah, I mean, Morocco too, it's just, you know, we, we just had a Mohammed in the studio with us um, kind of talking through Morocco and it sounds just so amazing and so fascinating and so beautiful. And there's so much to do and to see and to learn the different culture. It, it really got me so excited. So really that, that kind of moved up on the list again, because it's a great place to go and visit. Well, just being able to go into the desert for a couple of days in camp. It just sounds absolutely incredible. Because yeah, yeah. one area I went to, I think it's some have also gone here is, is Egypt. And to Jacqueline's point, I would never drive a car in Egypt. Watching When I was on the, the motor coach and watching how they drive there, it was just absolutely, it, it was frightening. So that was like the best part is just being there and just kind of watching it happen all around. But being in Egypt, um, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, it was one of those amazing aha moments when you're standing in front of the pyramids. Everything you've learned from being you know a kid, learning about all of that and actually being there. Actually, when I was just in Solving, I was with my old college roommate, it's a daughter. Juliet, who is six years old, and she right now is learning all about Egypt. And she was just awestruck when I opened up my camera, and there I was, you know, on a camel with the pyramids behind me. And then I showed her me I'm going up into the actual pyramid because we had some free time. And that's one thing that I, I did was I was able to go into the pyramid and actually travel all the way up. Um, it was very tight, very slim, but made it up to where the tomb would have been for the actual tomb. So it was that was phenomenal. And again, doing that with my guide and showing me what to do and where to go just brought it to a whole nother level. Yeah. And there, the Egyptian museum that's in Cairo, they were building, when I was there, they were building a new museum. I believe it's completed, but I don't, because of delays with COVID and whatnot, but this was right before, not long before COVID. So they were making huge improvements and in, in investments there. But I mean, to, again, to what you're saying, Josh, to see the mummies and to like the stuff that you learn about when you're younger in school or you see in movies or different things, really cool to, to be there in person and ex experience 
Egypt. And of course, the pyramids are just absolutely amazing. Another destination that I would love to go to, and my husband is dead set against it, is South Africa. It's an African safari. What? Why is he against it? I am dying to go to, to on a safari. He is an animal lover. He loves animals. His dogs, his cats. Six. Every time we go to a farm, he's like running through all the animals. Like he's so excited, but he's like petrified that he's going to get eaten by a lion. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. But he's so afraid of that that he just refuses to go on an African safari. So I was like, there's giraffes and elephants. And it's just, I'm excited. So I'm going to go. I'll leave him at home. So anybody who wants to come along, let's book it and go. I will do South Africa with you. So I was supposed to do South Africa in November of 2020. And obviously that didn't take place. And I would love to do South Africa because I haven't been there. I have been to Kenya and I can tell you that that it's absolutely an incredible place to visit. The wildlife, the circle of life and all the things that you would think of about Africa or South Africa on the game drives. Absolutely amazing. The tent stays that you have. It really is incredible to, to see the, the real wildlife. So we're going to have to flip his perspective on that because I guarantee if he goes, He's going to say it was one of the best places he's ever been. 100%. He will. He will want to go back. I just have to get him to actually go. Yeah. And Jacqueline, you're here with us now, which means you made it back safely. I am here and many years later. Because I did that in 2007. That was a long time ago that I did that one. The images that you can capture in the photos, it is really one of those wild places. When people ask me, and I get asked a lot, what destinations have I traveled to? Not that are my favorite, but that really have changed me. That always comes up as one of them. I follow one of our tour managers who does the safaris and his pictures are gorgeous they're absolutely beautiful but I feel like he's cheating because with a background like that how can you not get a great photo it's unfair I have New England to take pictures of and he has these beautiful plains with lions and cheetahs and stuff but pretty soon we'll have the colors of New England because we'll be heading into fall and that's the best time to be here that is a good time of year now I know you mentioned uh, the tented accommodations Jacqueline when you were talking about Kenya can you touch on that because I feel like that's something people always wonder about if they go on safari where would they be staying would it be a hotel removed from everything would it be incredibly rustic what's the experience actually like yeah I mean you can with us it's going to be obviously in Nairobi or things like that it's going to be hotel style right but then when you're in the Masamara and Baseli and some of these other areas of the park you're going to be intense, but they're they're not super rustic that you're leaving to have to use a, a restroom elsewhere. There are things, of course, being in the region that you have to just be more mindful of, but that's in multiple countries. Like when it comes to bathrooms and things like that, you have a bathroom, sinks, you're able to brush your teeth in your tent and the beds were super comfortable, uh, but you're not going to have TVs. You're not going to see what's going on in the world, but you don't need to because it's your time to sort of disconnect and really just in, embrace the region that you're in. It's honestly very comfortable accommodations that you would want to stay in because you want to feel like you are in, on a safari in Africa or South Africa. Therefore, you would want to, you know, I don't want to be at a Marriott hotel if I don't need to be because you want to be, you want to experience it. Nothing against hotels or Marriott per se, but it's, you want to connect to the experience and it should be a whole experience. You don't want to be on a safari tour and then watching Emily in Paris at night or something because it's just it takes you right out of the moment. You know, Jacqueline, there's, there's been a common theme to everything that you've you've said this last half an hour that when you're going to Lapland, don't expect the, the best food. You're there for the sights and don't expect to know what's going on in the world when you're when you're glamping in Africa. I like to think in, in Costa Rica, probably Africa as well, we should expect that there's going to be some bugs around you in a tropical area. And I think that's something to really keep in mind when you're doing more of these, these bucket list item tours is you have to go in with the right expectations and why 
why you're going there and, and be more open-minded. Yeah, no, totally agree with that. And I think that that's a, it's an important piece that people, I think sometimes don't think about when you're traveling, you want to embrace your, your, it changes you, right? To change the whole of you and you have to sort of embrace it. Something interesting too, as we say, bucket list and far off destinations um, that I've been thinking about recently is I think there's a perception that places like Africa or Southeast Asia or just these, these amazing destinations that they're sort of not accessible and they really are, especially if you're, you've mentioned it before that comfort level of going guided to these destinations, it makes them even more accessible to everybody. Bucket list is great because it's like you have your places that you want to go. And I hope everybody has that, that list handy, just the places that they want to tick off their list. But that perception of a bucket list, that's like, you know, something that's really distant or really far off or just something that's harder to do or accomplish. I think that's the perception that I would hope if nothing else, people can get out of this is understanding that these are accessible experiences. These places are within reach. It's just a matter of booking this vacation like you would a North America or European vacation. It's it's booking the trip, going and having that experience. You could have it at any point. Absolutely. I think it's different. There's times where, like if you think about Europe, Europe's amazing. I love Europe. And you can go back to Italy multiple times and do different regions, right? And you can do the places that you love. I think when it comes to these these regions of the Vietnams and, you know, the the Egypts and the Moroccos, you, it's not, they're not places that people tend to go back to multiple times. And, but when you go, you're going to have a lot of questions to Kelsey's point before. Usually there's so many, like, can I walk outside my tent and get to breakfast without worrying about an animal coming to it? Like all those things that you would just be naturally maybe curious about, you have that tour manager and that expert that you can ask absolutely any question to at any point throughout the tour. And so the level of the comfort level for sure is there. With Europe, it's, it's I love Europe. It's a great place to travel to. And it's, you can go back to different parts of Europe many times and see different regions or visit your favorite places and go for the food or just people watch on honestly, on and the cafes and the outside cafes. And Europe has its charm and people love traveling to Europe and we want people to keep traveling to Europe. It's, it's amazing. I think when it comes to these regions that we're talking about, the Morocco's, the Egypt's, the Africa's, South Africa's, Peru, for most, these are places that people are visiting once in their lifetime and they score extremely high excellence. And I think it's because there's this internal perception that it's more experiential. You get more out of it personally and all the tours rank very well well and score very high. But when it comes to these regions, the Africa's, they're some of the highest scoring excellence tour products that we have in the entire company, not slighting any of the other tour programs. But again, I think it's just, you can't put a score on seeing the wildlife and doing those game drives, knowing that you're, it's sort of that once in a lifetime versus the great places that you can travel in Europe, the Croatia's and Italy and Portugal. And I mean, there's so many great places that you can travel to. So I just think that it's one of those places that you're not going to go to every year, you're definitely likely not going to do far off regions all the time because they may be more expensive or you need to balance. Like you want to do something international, you want to do something local, but then you want to do something that has high experience. And I think high experience wins hands down. I just think the photos that you can get, the people that you meet, the cultures that you connect to, they really change you as a person individually. But until you go, you don't realize it. Everybody go ahead and update their bucket lists. Make sure that we're adding these very far places. Peru also amazing. Ooh, yes. Machu Picchu. The food, ceviche, honestly, amazing. The llamas. The llamas, yes, Kelsey. Machu Picchu was phenomenal. I was there too, and that was just, and staying at the base of the, the mountain and learning how to make fresh ceviche 
Chi was it's just one of those moments that it's just that you're in awe that the fact that you're there and doing that. And you hiked Machu Picchu, right? I hiked it in the morning for sunrise and we got up there and it was raining that day. So we didn't see sunrise, but the day before we had toured Machu Picchu and it was a perfect sunny day. So kind of got to see it through both lenses. It's on my bucket list, 100%. So I just want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this podcast. Please definitely subscribe. And thank you, Jacqueline, for talking about all these fantastic destinations that you've been to that our listeners can travel to. Um, there are so many far off places, bucket list destinations from Peru to Morocco that we want everybody to go experience. So thanks, everybody. And definitely let us know where you want to travel to. Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you social media with us. Uh, let us know. And we'd love to talk about that. In and as you're packing for this far off place, don't forget to pack your bug spray. Bye. 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 Bye.